G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. On a Tuesday, we like to check in with Alex Cook, our Ask Alex segment. Alex, our finance expert. Alex Cook, a special welcome back to 2020. Thanks, Neil. Great to be back. Hey, Alex, financial holiness. Uh, for some, that's going to sound sounds a little highfalutin. Sounds like uh, a little bit high church, <laughs> high church sounding. You know, <laughs> listeners will be thinking, oh, he's probably got some of those collars on. You know, and uh, maybe a funny hat or something like that. So, hey, what do you mean by financial holiness? Mm, good question. And look, I'll start with a. a, a dictionary definition of the word holiness itself. So we'll look at it, I guess, from a, uh, you know, what does the word holiness mean? Because it's a very prevalent word in, um, you know, in scripture. And so this concept of holiness, uh, as we find in scripture, is the idea of being spiritually whole or sound, of unimpaired innocence and virtue, free from sinful affections, pure in heart, godly, uh, irreproachable, guiltless, and acceptable to God. Now, it sounds like a pretty, uh, pretty tall order when you when you read it like that. Um, but a very useful definition. And the reason why, I mean, it sounds like a tall order, but of course, it's the qualities of God Himself, and that's one of the reasons why I think we need to focus on it. Um, but then, of course, I've added a, a new dimension. I'm not trying to add to Scripture, of course, but really just trying to look at it um, from a financial perspective. You know, I think. In our society, uh, and even in even in churches to some degree, I think we've become very tolerant of sin to some degree. Now, not of course that doesn't apply to all churches, but I think we've lost this concept of holiness and how important it is for a believer to walk holy. Um, and of course, we need God's help to do so. But when it comes to the financial side of it. It's particularly important because, you know, it applies to all sorts of things. I mean, when you think about it, every day people get up, they go to work, they they interact with people, and money is involved in our day-to-day life. And therefore, we need to be holy with the way we handle our money. Um, and that could be all sorts of things, such as our day-to-day transactions, you know, the way we deal with cash with others, um, the way we deal with the tax office, you know. Um, do we, are we making sure we're being honest and trustworthy? What about the way we invest our money? Are we being holy in the way we go about that? Are we investing in things, for example, that harm others? Um, and, and also, and obviously a big area of this holiness is around business dealings. You know, do we honour the agreements that we enter into? Do we pay our staff fairly and do we pay them on time? Do we not overcharge our customers? These are all areas, if you like, that I would say fall under this idea of being financially holy. So it's a very important area, I think, um, for us to explore as believers, but in the context of holiness itself, which, uh, as I say, is a a quality of God himself. So holiness, not just in the way you talk uh, or the way you look, but 
and not even just in the way that you lead your organisation, but it starts in the heart. Uh, Let's talk about uh, this sort of thought that holiness starts in the heart. And, of course, uh, what overflows from the heart, uh, it moves into uh, our actions and and the way we appear to others. But, uh, but, you know, when we talk about financial holiness, uh, you know, how does that really, uh, you know, how does it emanate from the individual? Mm. Well, I think, as I say, I'll start with God first and what God is like and then bring us in as, as humans because I think then we can see why this all sort of, how it all moulds together. So when I was thinking about this this topic of holiness, you know, I, I looked up on, you know, good old Bible Gateway, which I'm sure many believers uh, have logged into many times. The word holy appeared 551 times. Uh, and now, if you, you t- if you withdrew 104 of those, because they were referring to the Holy Spirit, which of course is a person, um, you know, God is one uh, one of the forms of God. Um, and then, of course, uh, if you put the word holy and holiness, you get up more than 900 times it's found in the Bible. And of course, the reason for this is it, holiness is, is one of God's attributes. In fact, I would argue it's potentially one of the most notable of all his characteristics. And, uh, you know, it's a very much, you know, in Scripture, whether whether you look in Old or New Testament, you see it appear quite prevalently. You know, it says, make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. And it says, without holiness, no one will see the Lord. So it's actually a critical thing here. In fact, when you think about it from a scriptural point of view, when we're, we're saved, the Bible makes it clear God cannot tolerate sin. And, of course, the whole reason Jesus uh, died was to wash away our sin. And the thing is about this is we weren't just, we're not just saved. We were saved so that we would be holy. Um, you know, in Ephesians it says, he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. And then in 1 Peter, it says, just it says, just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. So when it comes to money, it's absolutely critical that we're holy in the way uh, that we interact with it. And I think um, a really useful way uh, to think about it, when we think about the concept of holiness with money, is to think about if people were to discover what you do with your money. So, for example, 2 Corinthians 8 says, for we are taking pains to do what is right, not only in the eyes of the Lord, but also in the eyes of man. So it's so important that, you know, we we have this view, and this is not to make anyone, you know, feel down about it, but we have to have this view that God is uh, concerned with the way we handle ourselves. He's concerned with our character. And, of course, he's calling us into this life of holiness. That's one of the reasons he made us. And, of course, we're saved by the fact because we're not holy. We needed to be saved and for that to be put right. And so, of course, Jesus died for us for that very reason. So it's, um, you know, it's it's a really important thing for us to think through and how and make sure that we are being holy in the way that we handle what God has put into our hands. Okay, Alex, let's take some of this wisdom out of the pages of Scripture and apply that to some real-life examples, real things that happen in our everyday life. So uh, uh, 
let's start with taxes. I think you mentioned uh, taxes. Uh, that's one way of saying, oh, okay, here comes another tax conversation. Uh, I've got to get some things sorted out. What you're saying here is that uh, the holiness thing starts with God, uh, then uh, from our own hearts uh, causes us to behave in a different way. Uh, give us some thoughts here around some real-world examples. Yeah, I mean, look, the tax one's a good one, and, and this is, once again, um, just this issue of um, making sure that our actions line up with Scripture. You know, we need to be obedient to the Word of God, and, of course, with taxes, you know, it says give to Caesar what is Caesar's, but it's more about being truthful and honest. You know, I always take the view that if the ATO was to ever do an audit on you and it took a couple of months, would you sleep well during that period knowing that, hey, you've done everything you possibly could to do it properly and to be honourable with your money. And that's, that's sort of a good litmus test. You know, will you sleep at night knowing that, hey, I've done the right thing, I've done all that I could um, within my strength to do, to do it properly. Um, and as I say, this can go into all sorts of areas of our life. And one of the big challenges, I think, for Christians today is when we the way we invest our money. You know, investment is, you know, it may have been something historically that was more for wealthy people, but these days most Australians are invested in some way, whether it's through our superannuation or through actively trying to invest money. Um, and, of course, when we think about that from a holiness perspective, are we investing our money in such a way that reflects that? Are, are the thing, now, look, we, we live in a fallen world, so many things will, of course, be tainted. That's the reality. You can't avoid that. But are we being intentional about trying to do the right thing and to sow, sow um, the resources that God gives us into good soil. Are we going to, or are we investing in things that harm others like, you know, casinos or, um, you know, could be uh, alcohol. Or, or there's all sorts of areas where we think, mm, maybe that's not what God is wanting me to do. And of course, uh, as I mentioned earlier, the one I think that's really critical for, for Christians is just in our day-to-day -day dealings with others. Many people listening will have some sort of, uh, you know, business interest. Maybe they work for, for somebody else or, or maybe they're a business owner. The way we handle ourselves in these environments is critical because we're representatives of God in the marketplace. Wherever God puts us, we are there as his representatives and we need to make sure that we are honouring him and bringing glory to him. Now, of course, if we skew away from that holy living, then we're exposing, um, you know, God criticism through the way we live our lives. And, of course, as I mentioned, some of the really obvious ones, and you see this quite a lot in Australia, you know, I'd say every year for the past couple of years we've had, it's been found out that many large corporates in Australia have been underpaying their staff. Um, it's also very common that when immigrants come to Australia, they then get poorly paid by the employers here. So that's the kind of thing that may not really be obvious initially, but it always gets found out. But as a Christian, we're called to, as I say, live holy lives, and we shouldn't be behaving like that. We should be the ones leading by example. In fact, I look forward to the day when society and governments look to Christians as being the ones that they can rely on and the ones they can trust um, to do the right thing uh, in society. And, of course, once again, it applies to all sorts of areas of our finances. You know, classic area is when we price things. You know, is the price that you're selling something to somebody, is it really the price or is it there's all these add-ons that they're going to discover later on down the track? So we're just going to be really transparent with people. We need to be, um, to be very honest and ethical in our dealings uh, because we're trying to be like Christ 
Christ. At the end of the day, holiness is about trying to, well, I mean, we want to, as Christians, become Christ-like and therefore start becoming more holy. Now, the only thing I'd caution people here is this is not about being perfect. None of us are going to be perfect this side of heaven, and so we need to, to keep that in mind. But we need to strive as believers towards this lifelong journey of becoming more Christ-like and being holy in the way that we uh, that we behave and the way we live our life, you know, in our, in our dealings with people. Alex, when we reflect on the thought uh, being trustworthy with a little, uh, that God uh, mm-hmm. then wants to make us trustworthy with a lot. Uh, there is a certain sense here, isn't there, that holiness is a principle in the middle of this because uh, on the little things, if we can get those right, uh, then we can advance to some bigger things and be trustworthy and holy with the way that we're in charge of pretty significant things. Mm. Oh, 100%. In fact, I love that uh that particular passage that you're referring to, um, you know, and, and that's, I think, one thing that Christians need to realise is that sometimes God will withhold from us because we haven't been trustworthy with small things. You know, God doesn't want us to have too much that's too hot to handle, so to speak. So we need to, to prove ourselves faithful with the little things so that we can keep going on in that journey and taking more and more responsibility uh, in our lives, not just financially, but it could be in leadership roles, all sorts of things, as we prove ourselves to be faithful with the little. And, of course, um, you know, each of us have different amounts as, as it is. You know, some of us have a little, some of us have a lot. But whether we have a little or a lot, we have to honour God by making sure we do the right thing. Uh, and that, of course, can then lead to more. And I, and I think, I, I believe that God... Um, release more funds to those who prove themselves faithful. Now, a lot of people think, oh, if I if I just give money, God will bless me and it will come back to me. Well, actually, it's, it works like when God can trust you and see, he knows what we're like anyway, when he can see that we're trying to live faithfully to him and honour him and live lives of obedience, that's when he will uh, bring more resources into our life so that we can continue to build and grow and uh, fund the things that he has for us. Alex, you might say you can talk about being financially holy. I guess a contrast to that might be financially corrupt. Uh, We might find ourselves, uh, you know, making those sorts of contrasts. We might even be uh, putting ourselves on the corrupt side because we say I haven't given a whole lot of attention to this financial holiness. Uh, Nobody's holding me to account on this. As you said a little bit earlier, sometimes even in church life, we're much more tolerant of the unholiness than we are of promoting the holiness. So if you're talking about a process of becoming more holy, as you said Perhaps perfection is uh, is a really big ask, but uh, becoming more holy. What what would you say about a process? Yeah, well, look to me, this is a lifelong process, and Christians use the term sanctification is the is the you know the, the Christian term that's applied to this. And, and really, what it means is to sanctify something is to set it apart. So for special use, to sanctify a person is to make that person holy, if you like. So it is a journey. It's not something that you arrive at the moment you become a Christian. It's a journey that we go through. But to me, the process really starts with making a decision in your life that you are going to be holy, as in you're going to treat it as an act of obedience. Um, You know, I talk to people about their goals all the time, particularly, you know, their financial goals and, and so forth. 
But rarely has anyone ever said to me, my goal in life is to be holy. And I'm sure most of us would say, oh, do I really think about that as a goal? But it's tragic when you think about it because it's obviously one of the key reasons that Jesus came to save us was to make us holy. You know, we, before we were, we were unholy and, of course, he died on our sins, uh, you know, died for our sins and washed us clean to make us holy. So very important that we see it as a goal of our life and as an act of obedience to have a move towards uh, holiness. And, of course, this is really, it's, it's a work of the Holy Spirit. So ultimately, God is going to take us on a journey and refine us over time. You know, the Holy Spirit, you know, if it is described in many ways through Scripture, you know, as a counsellor and as a guide, etc. But one of the things that the Holy Spirit will do is expose our sin. So if we've been financially unholy, more than likely, it's going to be exposed to you at some point when you're ready for it. And you'll see in Scripture the alternative, the way we should be living. And, of course, the Holy Spirit wants to guide us and change us over time. You know, God doesn't whack us over the head. Um, he, he takes us on. He's a, he's, you know, he's a, a, a God that will take us on that journey and, and bring, us, uh, bring us right over time. Um, and to me, and, you know, we've talked about issues around wisdom and so forth, but to me, um, ultimately, obedience is one of the pathways to holiness. You know, being obedient to God's word is what's going to take us on this journey. And really, it's about becoming more Christ-like rather than following some moral code. You know, as Christians, we, we want to be more moral. There's no question of that. But it's not about becoming legalistic and just ticking all these moral boxes saying, yep, yep, I've done that. It's actually about becoming more Christ-like. So that's the journey we want to be on. You know, we're not trying to be perfect, but we are trying to improve and becoming more Christ-like along the, the journey of life. A wonderful um, way to we, reflect. We do it because we love God. Wonderful yeah, way to reflect God. on uh, not having necessarily here that set of rules that somebody's written down, but a person who is truth that we can align ourselves to. I guess that's what we talk about when we discuss identifying with Christ, our identity in Christ. And if we're going to identify with Christ, we're going to behave like he behaved. We're going to believe what he believes. And so that process of becoming holy and then applying that to our finances. But let me just uh, look, we're running out of time here, but let me just throw you into the deep end here. Uh, Alex, uh, supposedly I've, I'm on the uh, the corrupt side, not the holy side. And uh, okay, so uh, couldn't be true. Couldn't be true. Now. Uh, I'm just, uh, just uh, for the sake of the scenario here, uh, let's let's say, what am I going to do to get out of this uh, way of life that perhaps has been following me? I've developed yeah. this over decades. I know that my dealings mm. are not right. Uh, how do I make that adjustment? Mm. Well, this is the good news of, of, of the Bible. You know, God's word tells us exactly what we need to do. And there's, there's two key words that I'd want to leave listeners with here. And those words are repentance and restitution. They're the two key words. So repentance, um, you know, means to turn around and to go the other way. It's from the Greek word metanoia. And so we need to repent, acknowledge that we've done, we've done wrong, and that we're not going to live that way again. We're going to move in a new direction. And, of course, that new direction is going to be the path of holiness. So that's the first thing. But, of course, when we do make mistakes, often we affect others. You know, we may affect uh, loved ones. We may affect business partners and all these sort of things along the way. And so the key word then becomes one of restitution. And what restitution means is to put things right so if you've cheated someone in financial dealings, um, if you've, um, you know, 
done something where someone suffered a loss as a result of your actions, we can put that right and rectify it. We can put it, we can restore them back uh, to the way they were prior to that happening. And that's called making restitution. Of course, the great example of that in scripture is Zacchaeus, you know, Jesus is talking to Zacchaeus and, and, and Zacchaeus says, you know, for anyone I've cheated, I'll pay them back four times over. Um, and so restitution is a really important thing to put things right as a believer. So those two key words, repentance and restitution. Repentance. That's how we can get ourselves back on track. Restitution. Alex Cook, time has run out, but for listeners to connect with Alex, Alex is the founder of Wealth With Purpose. You can just, you can check in on Alex and find out what he's got on his website, wealthwithpurpose.com. And we'll often mention those free resources that you can find there when you're trying to get your finances on track. Free ebooks, the My Toolkit, free videos. There's podcast content there too. You can follow Alex on Facebook and on Twitter. There is even an Ask Alex at WealthWithPurpose.com email, and we can address some of those questions here on this segment on Tuesdays. Alex Cook, always great getting your insights. Thanks so much for sharing those with us today on 2020. Thanks, Neil. God bless. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.